Hi guys, so good to see you. Please take your seats. Where's my brick? Okay. Every brick in the wall counts. Built to last. Awesome. I'm going to speak about building a marriage that lasts the power of oneness in marriage. Do you know that a marriage that is built to last has a couple that recognizes whether you're a Christian or not, that when you got married or when you get married, God is the one who joins you. And Scripture tells us two people become one. So we live in a world where that doesn't exist. Everybody's individualistic. We're taught to be individuals. And of course we're individuals. But we need the Holy Spirit to make us one. And of course, Paul says that this new reality is a spiritual mystery. We don't understand this, the mystery. But what I have noticed over many, many years in the ministry, that divorce always leaves a sense of loss or brokenness. Even if you couldn't wait to get rid of the waster, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. There is a brokenness that never changes, even if you find the most beautiful person in another marriage. Am I right? Because of this mystery. So God forbids anyone from applying pressure that could tear the marriage apart. Family, friends, mother-in-laws, workmates, drinking buddies, even employers. An employer should not demand from his employee work that is going to take him away from his spouse. Would you agree with me? But we live in a world where that is different. So maybe you need to trust God for a new job. Matthew 19.6 says, Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Awesome. So I wanted to talk uh, just by way of introduction about this idea of oneness. Um, It is a concept or an idea that God uses always in Scripture to describe relationships that should or are intimate or close. You have to understand that what love means really is a relationship in action. And God is highly relational. So it refers to a unity um, that's in the heart, the mind, and the body. Um, you know, you've got to get close to people. That's why I encourage you, please join a view group where you can spend an evening where you can high five or fist pump or, uh, or just chat to somebody. Just being in a, in a closeness that God wants of us. It means togetherness and teamwork. Are you in a, the dream team? We dream of you joining our dream team. So please join so that you can fulfill the desires and the purposes of God. So let's just briefly mention them. The relationship of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a mystery that there's one God, but yet three persons. And I want to tell you that our whole lives uh, are blessed because of the teamwork of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then the relationship of a born-again Christian. If you have given your lives to Christ, um, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body. And of course, you are one with Christ. What did Paul say in, in 2 Corinthians? He said, we are a new creation 
when we are in Christ Jesus. You think, Graham, how can I be in Jesus? But it's a closeness. Guys, we've got to be talking to Jesus. We've got to be reflecting on Him. We've got to be connecting with Him because we are in Christ Jesus and that's going to allow you to be in oneness in your marriage. The relationship that each Christian has with the church. How's the church described in the New Testament? As a body. Christ is the head, we're the body. So we know, you, your, I don't walk past and see your eyes and your ears floating past me. Do you ever see it? Guys, lovely blue eyes or deep brown eyes are beautiful in someone's head, but not floating around. Okay, that's weird. And sometimes we think weird is fine. We're not part of the body. We're not connected. There's so much that we miss out on. Amen? <clears throat> then guys, marriage was the first and most important human relationship designed by God. And that has never changed. <clears throat> marriage can never become old-fashioned. Uh, we can never say marriage doesn't fit because it's God's first design. The answer to every country's problem is not a new political party. It's not um, a better designed social welfare system. It is the family. And the family starts with the mom and dad. Amen. The husband and the wife. When they are one, the country is strong. Unity is strength. Awesome. So, God makes marriage so important. And, and how does He illustrate the importance of marriage? By comparing it with the relationship that Christ has with the church. And He, he describes uh, the church as the bride of Christ. That Christ has gave, given, his, given His all so that the church would be a beautiful, acceptable bride. So guys, I want you to elevate marriage. If you're not married or you're not sure whether you should get married or you are married, um, we want you to hold marriage in high esteem. Support your family members who are married. Great. So let's go back to the beginning. Okay, we need to start at the beginning. God created a wife for Adam for one, one important reason. He had an innate, an inside need for a helper to complement him. In other words, before sin, Adam was perfect, yet also incomplete. Okay, this applies to men and women. We are wired by God to be completed by another person. So if you marry, don't think you know everything and can do everything. That's just arrogance, <laughs> right? Um, I know that I'm way better together with my wife. She's the wild one who did all the Zambia trips, et cetera, et cetera. She just gives everything away. Um, but... Somehow in all of this, we complement each other. So we need to understand this. God did not create us for solitary existence. Even if you are an introvert. Extroverts need to learn to shut up sometimes. Would you agree? Talk to about that. Talk, 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 talk. Have you ever been on a train or a bus? And I was, on the, I was flying the other day and this lady never stopped for a breath during that whole flight. I thought she's gonna take a breath somewhere. And the poor listener just said, yes, yes. She got, I think she got a sore throat from saying yes, yes, yes. Okay, but introverts need to understand they weren't created for solitary existence. So we, we, we cannot live with, firstly without God and that's Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Guys, God has called us to exist with a spouse and the church. So please, we love having you. We love the vibe in this church. 
please stay behind for coffee or better still, if it's all crowded, join a view group. Amen. Can I have an amen out there? Oh, wow. Okay, so a lot of new view groupers this week. You see, I've got a plan here. Right, let's read some Scripture. You're saying, Graham, where does all this come from? Genesis 2. Then the Lord said, it is not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who's just right for him. Why don't you trust God for the helper who's just right for you? Make that decision before you get married. I had a situation where there's actually quite an older guy, his wife had died. He remarried and came to me and said, Pastor, I need to repent. Please let me repent. He said, I remarried the wrong person. So how I'm going to prove my repentance is I'm going to divorce her. Sorry, buddy, way too late. Way too late. Make the right decision because God has the right helper for you. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. At last, he exclaimed. How many of you walked down the aisle and said, at last? Come on, let's have some hands there. Um, This one is bone of my bone, flesh from my flesh. She'll be called woman because she has taken from man. So he was relieved to find that that he didn't get married to an alien, another species. We can't imagine a donkey with a horse or a lion with a cow. This was his same species, bone of bone and flesh of flesh. This explains, verse 24, why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the drinking buddies and the sporting team and the best friend. (laughs) There's a whole train. No, 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 no. And the two are united into one, not seven. Uh, Genesis 2.24 in the ESV which is probably the most modern of the authorised versions. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast. The truly authorised says cleave. You leave and cleave. And they shall become one flesh. Again, oh my word, what is this one flesh? How do we explain it? How do we understand it? In Ephesians, again, I'm gonna, I know I'm repeating, but Old Testament, New Testament, Paul says, and further submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. Can I tell you, there is no oneness or no movement to oneness unless we learn to submit to one another. And awesome, awesome. Let's continue. We don't have time to waste. And the Scripture says a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. All mother-in-laws, note that. Your son is leaving you. And the two are united into one. This is a great mystery. Guys, we accept the mystery by faith. We don't fully understand all the spiritual implications. In heaven, we'll have full understanding. But it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself. Do you know that when we we have conflict that's not resolved, you're actually hating yourself because whether you like it or not, your spouse is part of you. You It's like what? Maybe what we should do sometimes is just tie each other together for a day and just get that sense of it. You won. You hate yourself if you hate your wife or your husband. Right, okay, so we've got all the foundation scriptures. Yes. Now, I want to say this again. Oneness in marriage is both a spiritual reality but also a practical challenge. Spiritual reality, practical challenge. Very similar to sanctification. What do I mean by that? 
in Scripture, the moment you accept Christ as your Savior, God looks down on you. Yes, you're not perfect, far from perfect. He sees you as His righteousness. You have a relationship with Him. You can join a team. You can serve. Um, you can do all kinds of things <clears throat> because you now have a relationship with God. But it takes the rest of your life to grow into the likeness of Christ. And that's why we read our Bible. That's why we pray. That's why we come to church. That's why we go to View Group. Um, because it takes a lifetime to become one in Christ and in His church. Similarly with marriage. The day you get married, listen to me, that day you become one in God's sight. However, it will take the rest of your life to complete that oneness. Amen? So, but you have to understand that. Being one, but yet, so in other words, we have to build the oneness. That's, that's my point today. Okay. So guys, please, the biblical picture of marriage as being one is actually very attractive. It's encouraging. It is even inspirational. A one flesh marriage is beautiful with increasing peace and happiness as the years go by. Do you know those people? Okay, <clears throat> think of an old couple who have aged like good wine and still enjoy each other's company. Okay, maybe your grandparents. I think it's sad that it's often older people, but this new generation of hurry, 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 we don't see enough of that. Would you agree? So those marriages were built to last <coughs> and we're going to learn a little bit about how to build it to last. Okay, think about the years we added to our lives when we understand each other, when we support one another, when we solve problems together and we don't spend years of fighting, arguing and struggling to overcome a tsunami of offences right? <laughs> How we build those offences. <clears throat> I was sharing this morning, we, um, we had our first child, we were just clueless. <clears throat> this child had, um, was it colic? And I went off on a big court case and this child is now turning 40, by the way, in a few days. He screamed all day. When I came home, I demanded from Jenny, where is my supper? So 40 years later, that is still, <laughs> that is still a sore point. <laughs> My wife has not forgotten that. Do you think after 40 years we can put that to bed? What do you think? <laughs> Help me, Jesus. So when we get to oneness, we postpone the onset of high blood pressure. Your first heart attack. Okay. Depression and even dementia. Okay. I'm sure dementia has got something to do with all the struggles in our marriages. Huh? Right, okay. By God's grace, none of us will suffer from dementia. I shouldn't joke, okay? Okay, fine, fine, fine. So, okay, okay. There are many challenges to a oneness marriage, which we can't change, really, in this world we live in. <clears throat> Different family cultures. We don't all live in the same village century after century. Everyone knows everyone and everyone does the same thing. Different cultures, different nationalities. People are marrying cross-nationality, you name it. Different religious backgrounds, and of course, the gender difference. Men from Mars, ladies from Venus. Um, tell me, guys, any of you ever learned to understand a lady? It's a mystery, hey? Ladies are mysteries. <laughs> and you ladies will say, yeah, you men are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand how to feel. Whew, some sore points there. I'm speaking from experience, okay? <laughs> Today, we have very different family experiences. 
Jenny and I come from such different backgrounds. Seriously, in every way. There were so many shocks. I mean, one stupid thing in my family, adults were always fed first. Her family, you feed the kids first and if they sit afterwards, you can have something. I mean, that's like, whoa, what? <laughs> I'm thinking afterwards, you probably should have fed the kids first. Anyway, so guys, it, so really, you can either fight forever over this or you can forge a new hybrid culture, right? From both families. All that is bringing us to oneness. Of course, the other issue, help me Jesus, uh, is not only gender and all the other things, but our personal uniqueness. Guys, you have to understand you are unique. You have the same thing. You have one special fingerprint. I'm losing mine. So every time I go to home affairs, they can't get my fingerprint. But anyway, it was there one day. But we, we have a different set. It's a skill set. Um, of natural gifts and spiritual gifts. Don't you agree? It was so embarrassing when I got married. I'm not very practical at all. I can break any screw and whatever. My wife built an ocean-going yacht. So um, she was horrified and she just grabbed hold of the drill and did all the drilling. Um, yeah, so yeah, we, we all have a different, there's so many differences. So we need a lot of wisdom and understanding some of you are saying, I'm not getting married. No, no, you've got the Holy Spirit to help you. Why don't you allow these challenges to be exciting rather than wanting a, bored, a boring life? Who here is single and lonely and is actually bored? It's, it's, it's better to get married and fight together and sort it out, amen. <laughs> if Jenny and I went today without having a fight, I promise you it'll snow in Cape Town. Okay. <laughs> Actually, we have a day without 10 fights. <laughs> She's not here. <laughs> oh, my word. This message is for me, I promise you. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. The idea of built to last indicates a massive building operation is required. You can't build oneness without a building operation. What do we need? We need to find the right land, the right soil. We need to put foundations. Guys, by the grace of God, you need to have an indication from God that you're marrying the right person. You've got to set aside those physical desires. Yes, they're there and they need it. But out of that, is this the person? And, and that doesn't mean you wait 40 years. But did you understand what I'm saying here? Um, and then, of course, you need a map. You need a plan. We need a plan. We need a plan. There we are. You need building regulations. You need building. Re you need to build well. The Word of God is our building regulation. Then let me let's move on quickly. <clears throat> You've got to lay good foundations in God, in your family, guys. Don't just get married and spend every spare moment in bed without working out who you are, what you are, where are you going. Then we have a picture of the actual building. Come, let's move on. Another pic. No, no, no. Whoa, you've jumped. No, let's have the guy building. Is that picture not there? Okay, so it's brick by brick. Guys, you can't, there's some bricks you can't leave out. How many of you know you try and put a roof on and there's a, and there's a three meter gap between the roof and the next brick? You're gonna have a problem. So um, 
But let me tell you what Psalm 127 says. If God doesn't build a house, the builders only build shacks. Because you see, what our issue is to know what is God's part and what is our part. Why can marriage be challenging? Well, I'll tell you what, without the challenge, you and I would not be leaning into God. Sometimes we think, I don't know why I've got problems. We would live apart from God. So the challenges of life, that's why you're here today. Amen. <laughs> you got challenges. We are to help you. Amen. So some people build shacks. It is the building, y'all, brick by brick. Let's have the shack. There we are. If God doesn't build the house, you're building a shack. You think we're in love and we're just grabbing a piece of, of, of wood and, 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 and whatever, and we just stick this thing together. So in the 21st century, people are often content just to build a shack. If it doesn't work, we'll, just, we'll split. I never forget when I was an attorney, I hated going to motion court because it always started with the divorces. I remember the one judge saying, well, there was one by one, by one these divorces were people that weren't even married a year. He said, he threw up his, like, his pen. He said, what's going on? Can't you sort your problems out? I hated going to motion court. And then others, then we can abandon a half-finished house. Where's that half-finished house? There. You know, the last time I went to Europe, I was quite shocked. I wouldn't remember the name of the country, but we, we were come on this tour, on different tours. So many half-finished buildings. And in Europe, people don't kind of live in single houses, it's in flats. And it was that 207, 208 economic downturn. Unfinished buildings. How many of us are in marriages that we just, we've just never added all the bricks and the windows and the roof? We haven't finished the house. Okay, so let's, 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 let's talk about some bricks. Okay, we need to move. Leave and cleave. Hold fast to your spouse. Living together is not holding fast. It has a foundation of sand. Amen? No secure plan because the relationship is fundamentally temporary. You're building a shack and you're building in your own strength. You see, when we obey God and we get married, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in. Sometimes people are not getting married out of fear because of their, their parents' failure, friends, siblings. But guys, there has to be a significant change when you get married in your relationships. Amen? They have to change. You have to learn how to continue friendships and work relationships in such a way that you support that new oneness. It's so, so important. You cannot cleave to sporting buddies or controlling mothers. Amen. So can I leave it? Leave and cleave. Leave and cleave. Leave and cleave. Leave and cleave. Try and get out of the family house as soon as you can. You need to live on your own. Trust God for a flat. Trust God for rent. Or wait until you've got promotion. Don't get married and just live in the back room and leave the mother or the mother-in-law doing all the work, picking up the dirty underpants. You need to be in your own home. Leave and cleave. Secondly, <laughs> Woo, there's some hand claps there. Woof. Okay. That wasn't even my notes. Secondly, <laughs> establish and maintain a strong oneness with Christ. Guys, you've got to understand, everybody is married to a sinner 
saved by grace. For some reason, God left the sinful nature. So every day, we either submit to the sinful nature or we submit to the control of the Holy Spirit. The sinful nature is stubborn. Would you agree? It's independent. It's rebellious. Bring that into a marriage and the fur flies, doesn't it? Feathers everywhere. So both of you wake up and the sinful nature is operating. There's, there's a fight before breakfast. Okay, awesome. Not awesome, sorry. Cancel that. <laughs> so each of us needs to separately pursue a relationship with Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is control of our minds and our hearts, it releases us into oneness. So guys, I can't, and also, as a oneness, one flesh couple, you need to pray together, right? Read the Word together. Awesome. So that's key brick. Guys, don't leave that brick out. Amen. Awesome. Third brick, a promise. A promise of exclusivity and permanence until death do us part. Amen. Awesome. That's so important. You think, Graham, that's, that's obvious. It's not obvious. The exchange of your valuable ring, that bit of gold, uh, represents the purity and exclusiveness of your relationship. Do you do know that your body doesn't belong to you? Cannot use sex as manipulation. I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 7. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. The wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. It doesn't give authority to the girlfriend or anybody else. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. In other words, the, the brick we spoke about before. So right, we're going together. That oneness in Jesus that's permanence, don't throw the D word around. Okay, we'll just get divorced, we'll get divorced. Get the devil's listening. Oh, well, we'll just get divorced. We'll just get a divorce. Having a fight, divorce, divorce, divorce. The devil is clapping his hands and all those demons are doing a dance. Okay, so are we happy with that brick? Don't throw a brick at me, it's in the Word of God. Right, one mission and vision You've got to have a mission and a vision. It's bigger than yourselves. You're in trouble if your, mission, if your mission and your vision is just to build a big house, to have a great business, an awesome motor car, a swimming pool. I'm not saying those things are wrong. But the vision you have is to serve and to care for and to influence other people. And I think you best get that vision in the house of God. I remember, I think with Jenny and I being so different, we've been, got involved in so many projects over the years, going to Zambia. Man, Zambia was wild. She took me there kicking and screaming. But it was kind of, you know, because you've got to do that. Otherwise, if your vision is not bigger than yourselves, the sinful nature will take over and you're gonna struggle. I think of past, the late Pastor Donovan and his wife Patricia, their vision was to add value. God provided them with seed. I don't know where they got the money from. They helped family after family, person after person, pastor after pastor. What is your vision? If you're thinking of getting married, don't do it before you've established a vision that both of you 
are taking on. Awesome. Then recognize that you have, God has given you a unique helper to compliment you. Of course he and she is different to you. I only married one couple where they were the same. And I don't know how that happened. So firstly, you find the differences cute, then they irritate the junk out of you. Don't, because you see, if you wanna make your spouse like you, immediately you water down the oneness. Because whether you like it or not, you need to be complimented. Sorry, yeah, somebody to compliment and complete you. Don't be proud and think you know it all. You don't. You need your spouse to complete you. If you can take that home today, I promise you, you you are gonna lay a phenomenal brick. Amen, we need to carry on. Would you agree? Guys, share the same values. Oh my hat, don't get married without agreeing on values. If you are married, talk about it because you cannot become one if you value different things. I'll just give you one example where one spouse can so value family, family time. And the other spouse, that just who he or she is, values work. That's my struggle because my, 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 um, my default setting is to work and work and work. I used to work 70 hours a week when I was a younger pastor. You with me? Fine, find the same values. Then guys, help me Jesus, only two points left. One of the best ways to grow and sustain oneness is to be best friends. Is your spouse your best friend? If not, you're not gonna achieve oneness. It's better to be friends before you become lovers, okay? It is so important. God, I can't, guys, guard your friendship. Yes, there are leadership aspects of your relationship. Taking the kids to school, picking them up, taking them to the doctors. But guys, that can never overcome your friendship. Guys, when you are 70, help me, Jesus, if you and your spouse are not friends. Oh my word, two strangers wandering around in that house. The weather's hot today. It's cold. (laughs) It's cold. Yes, it's cold. So guys, nurture the friendship. Go out, have date nights, even if you're in your late 70s. Have a date night. If you don't have money, you're retired. Go to, I don't know. Where can you go that's cheap? Anything cheap today? Help me, Jesus. The fish and chip shop down the road certainly is reasonably priced. Make sure your business and your job doesn't suck the energy out of you. You know what? It's more important to manage your energy than your time. Because if you get home from work and you have no energy for your spouse, you're going to sit there like a dummy in front of the TV or you've got the fingers moving on the phone, right? Energy management. Do you know that men speak way less than women? They have average of 12,000 words a day. If you use those 12,000 words at work, you don't want to talk when you get home. Tell me. And how does that help your oneness? Mm. Yeah. What's that? I've spoken to you three times. What did you say? Okay. Enough said. Friendship, 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 friendship. Last point, place a high value on grace and forgiveness. To human is to, uh, to err is human. The human nature causes us 
to do the opposite of what God wants us to do. You said, not me. I always do the right thing. Think again. Your coffee has got cold. You are not the one in that marriage who is right all the time, right? Nudge your spouse, nudge in the ribs. Come on, you have permission. Nudge, nudge. Okay, so where that wasn't in my note, not nudge, I'll put that in for next time. Okay, we mess up often, especially when we are struggling spiritually, not getting that quiet time, or we are stressed and tired and under pressure. How does your oneness go when you're both under pressure? say in in Romans 7 and I know that nothing good lives in me you say Graham that's not me everything good lives in me that is in my sinful nature I want to do what is right but I can't I want to do what is good but I don't I don't want to do what is wrong but I do it anyway guys forgiveness releases healing restoration and lasting change if you're not a forgiving and a graceful person your marriage will crash and burn it will be like one of those shacks and what is that the, the, the three little pigs and the wolf and he blew and blew and blew there's a wolf that will blow your house down because you see when we understand the continual grace of God the love of God towards us that, that's of course our quiet time right back to the second brick wasn't it when we understand that our hearts become soft and we can forgive Guys, gracelessness hardens your heart. Oh, my hat. You know, one of the most anointed songs ever written is in Frozen. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. Right, that should unfreeze you. Okay, right, one last scripture, last scripture. We're running out of time. Psalm 103. You see, this is God and this that that I'm going to read you about God, God wants us to be. So let's read it. Psalm 103. He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. So is your wife. Slow to get angry, your husband, and filled with unfailing love, your wife. He will not constantly accuse us. Oh my word. Are you listening, husbands and wives? Not remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. Yes, He does. Um, he does give you some time. Okay. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for His unfailing love towards those who fear Him is great. As the heights of heaven above the earth, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east from the west. The Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate, to those who fear Him. He knows how weak we are. He remembers we're only dust. Turn to your spouse and say, I am only dust. (laughs) I'm weak. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. Let's stand, church. Let's stand. Come on, let's stand. Guys, come on. Have you been encouraged? Are you encouraged? Come on. Come on. Built to last. You and your wife are going to be there at the age of 85, bickering over who's going to get the slippers. And, and where did I leave? That's my mother-in-law. She always leaves that blessed stick somewhere and she's never got a walking stick. Okay, right. That's not in the notes either. Let's pray. Let's get that attitude of prayer because it's serious things. It's good to have a laugh. Hey? But let's be serious. Lord, we come to You in Jesus' name. And Father, we come to You. We're weak and we're dust. 
And Lord, we thank You that we serve a God who's so full of love, so full of grace and so full of mercy. And Lord, we ask You for that right now. Please forgive us, Lord, for not respecting our oneness with Christ, for not even respecting our oneness in the body of Christ, but most importantly, Lord, appreciating and loving that incredible gift that You've given us. Lord, for those of us that are not married, we we say to You, God, please lead us to the right helper. Help us to identify him or her. And God, please, Lord, help us to lay those bricks so that we're able to build to last. Folks, as we close, anyone here, you know that you need to go right back to the second brick. And that's your relationship with Jesus. It all starts there. You you know that you need to make right with God. You need to give your heart to Jesus. And I'm going to pray for you in the last dying seconds of the sermon. But if you want me to pray for you, just put your hand up high and put it down. Everyone's heads bowed. Say, Graham, yes to Jesus. There's a hand on the right, on my right hand side. Anyone else? There's hands, lovely. There's hands. Not asking to join the church or become religious. Religious people don't make good husbands and wives, so don't get religious. Anyone else? Just just your relationship with Jesus. Is it? Think, thank you there. Thank you. You can put it down. Someone else? Will you? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I thank you so much for your love, grace, and mercy. Please forgive me of my sins. Send your Holy Spirit to live inside of me so that I might serve you and lay the right bricks that my relationships may be built to last. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Wow. Can we say thank you once again to Uncle Graham for a powerful word this morning. And listen, if you... Um, gave your life to Jesus this morning and you want prayer or indeed you just need prayer with someone we have prayer counselors to my left your right we're also selling burger rolls as you leave you can do so at the cafe but stay fellowship socialize and don't forget book your children to rise camp have a great week bye